0: Well, we've been in a series called The Mind of Christ for some weeks. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 20. We're going to continue that this morning. Ephesians 4, verse 20. It says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt, according to this deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The verse 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In the NIV it says, be made new in the attitude of your mind. In the Living Bible, it says, now your attitudes and thoughts must all be constantly changing for the better. You know, like we've said, uh, this process of renewing your mind, it is gradual. It's a, it's a process. You, you can, of course, come up in one big chunk and you see things that you haven't seen before. Thank God for it. But over time, we're going to, if we'll, if we'll submit ourselves to the Word of God, if we'll open ourselves to God, bow our knee to Him, say, Lord, You are God. You are Lord. I want, it. I want to think Your way. I want to live Your way. And acknowledge that uh, we don't know everything, that we have... Um, <laughs> that, we, that we can learn, excuse me. Something caught in my throat there. That we can learn, that we can come, and you say, well, that's obvious. Well, that's not obvious. There's people that they reject God, don't even acknowledge He exists, much less listen to Him. And in our lives, it's tempting to uh, be stuck in a way of thinking, be living in a way of thinking. And not challenge those thoughts, not come up, not let the Word of God change us. The Word of God will challenge you. It will will challenge our thinking. And so we have a choice when that happens. We can say, eh, and just keep going on. Or we can say, Lord, I see that. Help me to walk that out. Help me to see clearly so that I can approach life the way you would uh, have me to walk. And that's a process. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we want everything yesterday. Well, I would say most of the time we want everything yesterday. It's just whether we, or all the time. <laughs> it's just how we deal with that, right? You may still want it. That doesn't mean, you know, you you got you to gotta still walk out. You say, well, I've been, I, I'm dealing with something. Okay, well, uh, if we'll look to God, we can get through it. We can get over it. We can come up but sometimes we we can get impatient you know if if you're uh, dealing with something in your thinking look to God give him place in your life and then just walk it out step by step you're not going to change this is not a bad confession you're not going to change completely a hundred percent have everything correct doctrinally I mean that's not going to happen while you're existing on this life or, and everything just perfect in your life tomorrow. It's just not going to happen. That's not a bad confession. That's not making place for less. That's just saying, you know, sometimes we're reaching so far out ahead that we don't just take care of the next step, and if we just kept taking care of the next steps, we would get there. Yeah. And religion will try to beat you up and so, say, well, you haven't got there yet. You have to, have, you have to do, be here or else you have nothing. Well, that's, that can just make you shut down. You know, because you live with you every day. You know, you see where you're at. You know, me, all of us live with ourselves, and, and we're constantly changing. We should be constantly changing, but don't get in the process that, you know, I, I have to have this all taken care of tomorrow. That is, we're not excusing sin. We're not saying you should live, but we're, just in general, you, you walking more closely with God, more in the things of God. Just because you heard something doesn't mean... You're going to walk in it 100% tomorrow. And again, act on the Word. Believe it. Walk in it. But also know that what we're talking about here, changing your mind is going to happen over time. Amen? Or Omi? Got some of you looking at me. We're not saying that you shouldn't believe the Word. We ought to believe the Word, which is what we're talking about, renewing our mind. It's going to be a process that as the Word comes, you're going to replace what was in your brain, your pattern of thinking, with the Word. That's not going to happen 100% today or tomorrow. That's the point. You're going to see something, you replace it. You get it solid. You're going to see something, you replace it. You get it solid. You're going to see something, you replace it. You get it solid. That's normal. That's not automatic. Okay, it's not that that has to happen, because it doesn't. People can just sit and that, stay there for the rest of their lives. But if we'll yield our will to God, He'll help us to do that. Yeah. He'll show us how to do it. For, you know, it's good to hear other people and, and their testimony and how they came out. But ultimately, God has a way for you to come to the next step in your life. And He's going to deal with you directly. He can inspire you through what somebody else said. But don't get caught in trying to do it just like somebody else because they don't have the same life you do. They don't have the same experience. They don't have the same background. They didn't have the same upbringing. And so you may be able to get helped by somebody, what they share, but ultimately it's got to be the Word of God and His Spirit working with you in helping you to come up in these areas, renew our mind. He knows what will work for you. He knows what will click for you. It's the same truth. It's always the truth of God's Word. It's just you can come at it from different angles, and something might say, oh, that's what that means for me, and it suddenly it, it's, it's there for you. First Peter 4, verse 1, just, you know, kind of getting into this, reading some some of these verses that we've read that we're using as a foundation. 1 Peter 4, verse 1, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. Again, in context, it's talking about something specific. Uh, You know, Christ suffering in the flesh and, and dealing with certain things and saying, you arm yourself with that same mind. So it's talking about that mindset, but it, this applies in general. You have to do something to arm yourself with God's way of thinking. In other words, you have to put it on like it said in Ephesians that we just read. In the NIV verse 1, 1 Peter 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude. So we're thinking a certain way. We're, we're replacing our thoughts a certain way. In the CEB it says, therefore, since Christ suffered as a human, you should also arm yourself with His way of thinking. You know, God has a way of thinking. His thoughts are what we're reading right now. It's God's Word. How, how should you handle a certain situation according to the Word? Always. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13 <clears throat> It says these things we also speak not in words which, uh, with which man's, or not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Notice that. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him... But we have the mind of Christ. That's the title of, of the series. We have the mind of Christ. We have the Lord through uh, through what we've received in Christ. We have His mind. But we got to reprogram our actual thinking. In other words, there's something there, but we got to arm ourselves with that thinking. We have and have the ability and the potential to think and act more and more like God thinks or acts. But like it said, if you put this together with the other scriptures, it says to renew your mind. It says to arm yourself with that same mind. So this says we have the mind. Well, if I have the mind of Christ, then I need to pursue that. Okay, the Bible says I have the mind of Christ. It doesn't say then... Oh, I'm losing my mind. Oh, what, why, I can't, I can't do that. I can't think like God thinks. I can't wrap my mind around that. Well, this says we have it, so we have to put it on. The Bible says you're righteous also. You know, we talked about that last week. But you have to walk in that. It says you, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, you have to take that by faith act on it. You have to put on the new man. Here it says we have the mind of Christ. Well, we know for a fact our minds are not programmed exactly like they should be. But this says we have the mind of Christ. So we need to hook up with this and say I have the mind of Christ and I can do what He says I can do. I'm going to think like He thinks. See, there are spiritual truths and then there's what we walk in in the natural. We speak what God says, and we go after what He said we can do in the Word. If He said we can renew our mind, and He said we have the mind of Christ, then that's like the, that's the target. We're going to say, I can do that. Through Christ, I can do it. I can change my mind. I can walk in it. We have the mind of Christ. That's a good confession when you feel like that's not true. When you feel like you you know, your mind's being pushed, you have thoughts that you know shouldn't be there. You say, "No, I have the mind of Christ. I think like He thinks. I think clearly. I walk according to the new man I'm putting on. His way of thinking. I'm arming myself with His way of thinking. I'm arming myself with His attitude, and I'm coming up. I'm changing." Now let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. We looked at this last week and I just want to segue into kind of what we're focusing on specifically this morning. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. So, you know, we talked about this briefly. Don't have time to cover that <clears throat> this morning. We've covered it more in detail in times past. But the, uh, we are a three-part being. We are a spirit. It's a person. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. You know, we know what the body is. Our spirit is our eternal man. And our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. I, it includes our, our thinking. Now, your soul, your, your mind is not your brain. Your mind, you're going to have your mind when your brain's in the ground. You know, if, if Jesus... We don't know exactly uh, when we're going to be out of here, but if it's long enough that you pass away, your body, what we call dies, that just means you're separated from your body, your body's going to be buried... And your brain is in your body, but your brain is not your mind. You'll still have your mind. Now, we went into some of that last week. It's, it's very clear. You, you have your faculties after you're separated from this body. But your mind, will, and emotions, that's part of you. That's going to be with you. And we renew our soul, which is your mind. Your spirit is made new. Real quick, look at... Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17. We read this last week too. Second Corinthians 5.17, it says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So if anyone is in Christ, what does that mean? You've trusted the Lord Jesus. You've believed on him. You, you've confessed the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you are saved. You've trusted him as your savior know that you need a Savior, believe that God is, believe that Jesus is who He said He is, and you called on Him and said, I believe that, and you received a new, new life. You receive, In your spirit, man, you were made new. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Well, what part of you is made new? Your body looks exactly the same after you trust uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as before. So it's not that part. Your mind wasn't erased and reset. You know, you ever formatted a hard drive or a memory card? Hopefully, you never did that on accident. <laughs> but you can do it. You know, it just means to reset, put it back to where well, there's nothing on it. When you got born again, all of a sudden you just didn't blink your eyes and look around and not know anything. That didn't happen. Your mind wasn't made new like that. So that leaves your spirit. Your spirit's the part that's made new. It's made the righteousness of God. So you're left with your body. We know about the body. We're not going to talk about that as much this morning. But your mind, whatever you had in your mind before you got born again is what you had after. At that moment, God didn't take you, you know, and replace your mind with all the truths in, in the Word of God and you became to be able to see just like God sees. That didn't happen. That's a process. Now you have to take the Word of God, the truths in the Word of God, and start reprogramming your mind. Change what you have thought to what God thinks, which is the Word of God. Replace your old thoughts, your old way of thinking, with His way of thinking. And so the soul is the part that we're renewing. When we talk about renewing our mind which will affect your emotions, which will uh, affect your, your outlook uh, on life. James 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. With the body, once the spirit is gone, the body, that's what we call, what most people call death, Real, you know, spiritual death is being separated from God, but physical death, It's just your body being separated from your spirit. And then you still, a person still is alive. They're just not in their body. They're just not articulating their body. Their body is lifeless, but the person's very much alive. All that happens when a person dies is their spirit slips out of their body like a hand would be out of a glove. Like we said last week, you know, if you have your hand in a glove, you can move the glove around. It looks like the the glove's alive, but it's not the glove. It's the person in there. And when you take your hand out of the glove, the hand, the, the gloves, they're lifeless. Well, that's your body. And so your body is not, I mean, it, you could say, well, that's you, you know, I'm going over to your house. We're talking about the person, you know, I, you know, let me give you a high five that you're, we refer to that, but really it's the person inside. This is just the, the earth suit. This is just what you get around in. It's just a highly complex machine that we get around in. But it's, it's not going to live forever, thank God. This one. We're going to get one that's built to last. You know, you can buy, just even in the natural, you can buy something cheap that'll get you through to a certain place, or you can get the quality thing that'll last a long time. Well, this body is not meant for eternity. So this is not what we, thank God, we don't have to rely on this and you imagine. I mean, just going through this life and this earth, by the time you get through somebody that lives over 100, they don't look like a 20-year-old. They don't act like a 20. They may be good for doing well for 20, but they don't look like the guys that are, you know, out there playing pro sports. There's a difference. Even if they used to play pro, they don't look like that anymore. We're going to get a body that can last forever. It's going to be a renewed body. So our body... Is different from our soul, different from our spirit. Let's look at Third John two. Third John two. It says, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. I may. I, I pray that you may prosper, that things will go well for you in all things." And be in health just as your soul prospers. Now this is a greeting to a letter, but this is the Word of God. All the Word of God is inspired. And this isn't just a greeting. This is a truth. It doesn't take... I mean, you don't have to think about this very long. If you were talking to a friend, we probably wouldn't talk like this. But if you say, hey man, hope every, how you do, I hope everything's going well. That's part of this. Nobody that, if you call somebody a friend, you don't hope everything. They come back and go, no, actually, everything is horrible. Yay. No, you wouldn't do that. (laughs) Well, this is God's will for us. He wants us to do well. But look at the second part. It says, "I, I pray that you prosper and be in health, or prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Other translations say, even as your soul prospers. So, your soul prospering, in other words, your soul being clear, your soul being uh, renewed with the Spirit, with the, the thinking of God, this, your soul being right affects your body. We, we know that. It affects your life. If you're dealing, if, you're, if a person is not where they need to be in their soul, it can affect every area of your life right, can affect your body. You're so stressed out it just starts to affect the functioning in different areas. And can affect everything. Well, this is true. As we think, it is going to affect how our life is going and how we think, how much we think in line with God's word is going to determine the degree in which we walk the thing in the things of God in what He already has for us. He's, provi- he's provided them. They're truths, but where, what do we think about them? You know, we, talk, we just mentioned when we're born again, our mind doesn't change immediately. So even though Christ has provided all these marvelous things through His death, burial, and resurrection, just that God, through Christ, has provided these things, how do we partake of them? we got to know that they exist, and we start, have to start acting on something. You can't act on it if you don't know about it. And even if you know about it, well, you, have to, you have to do something. You have to act on it. You have to change the way you act based on now your understanding. And that's how we partake more and more of what God has done for us. It's by the renewing of our mind. It's by changing our mind. Here it says... I, wish, I, I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as, just as, your soul prospers. That means as your soul's prospering, what's happening? You're prospering more and more in all things and being in health. What we think and what we understand affects what we experience. Let's look at uh, Ephesians 1, verse 15. Uh, Touched on this last time. Ephesians 1, verse 15 says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power. The, the Apostle Paul is praying that, that the church may see, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Well, that's seeing something, that's understanding something, so that you would understand what has been done. Let's look at this in a couple versions uh, We looked at these before, but the Good News Translation said, I ask that your minds may be open to see His light. Well, what if His light's there, but your mind is closed to it? You don't experience it. You don't see it. We only experience what we perceive. We only experience what we understand is there. You know, you could be, is Joe here? Joe? Is he out there? No, no, you don't have to get him. You don't have to get him, I'm just referring to him. Joe, I'm going to use you as an example, but not, not totally. Have you ever been, you could be in the presence of somebody considered well-known, and not, if you don't know who they are, it means nothing to you. Now, that Joe, most, I'm not going to say his last name, so nobody knows of this, you know Joe. Joe has a knack for running into people that are well-known. <laughs> He's got on his, he'll bump into, and he recognizes, you know, he'll bump, he'll, he'll go and, I mean, he just runs into, like, celebrities or, or, you know, of one sort or another. They play sports or they're in movies or they're well-known somehow, and he'll bump into them and he'll get, he'll get them to take a picture with them. That not just didn't happen once. It's happened multiple times. Yeah. Well, you could be in the, sitting next to somebody that everybody knows who they are and you don't know. And you just like, you know, you're just reading your book or reading your, looking at an article and you're sitting next to them in an airport, you're oblivious. Because you don't know, you don't know who that is. I mean, a lot of people, not everybody knows who everybody is. I mean, there are certain times, Joe's like, I recognize that person and goes up, hey, Selfie, you know, gets a picture, <laughs> he posts it on its... and he's got a knack. He number one, he's got to know who those people are. He recognizes them. You know, he's got got a picture with some basketball players other not long ago, and some other people that are well known. Uh, but my point is, you have to, you have to perceive, you have to see. Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything to you. You can be literally. In the elevator with somebody, doesn't happen as much now. You know, try to, people try to avoid elevators and all that. But you know, you're you're you could be just thinking in general. You're 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 next to somebody in the elevator. They they're everybody recognizes them in certain areas, but you have no clue who they are. You don't take advantage of it, whatever. And then maybe after the fact, it's something actually you would care about and you're interested in. And somebody said, "Well, that was so and so." like, What? And maybe it was a, a place where you could have had access to you could have asked him something. I would have asked him this question. Let's just say it was that venue, but you you didn't think about it because you didn't know. You, you, didn't, you didn't recognize him in that context, or you you didn't perceive it, so you couldn't take advantage of it. That's what's happening all over the world. <laughs> With God, knowing Him. And then walking in the things that He has. you If you think that certain things aren't for you in the Word of God, they could be right there sitting next to you. God has provided it. It is available, and you're oblivious. Or I'm oblivious. We don't know. But if you're like, wait a minute, that's there. Pick it up. Now you start walking in it. You have to know about it. I mean salvation is this way. There's a whole bunch of people they don't even believe God exists. They look, like, where's God? God should prove himself to me. Look around, You're just like, look at the sunset. Look at a baby. I mean, done. Well, that just all happened. Okay, you got more faith than I do. I mean, you have more faith than some other you really believe that happened. The body happened. It's there. All these things are here, and people go, Well, I don't I don't see. God, God has made Himself evident, you start to see, you have to, you have to submit to Him, and now you start seeing more clearly. And the more we submit to Him and just say, Lord, I believe Your way, I'll do it Your way, the eyes of our understanding can start being enlightened that we actually see everything that exists. Everything that's already there, we're like, wait, that was there. You know, the, the song, I was blind, but now I see amazing grace. Yes. What does that mean? You wake up and go, oh, wait a minute. Jesus is Lord. He's done this and this and this. I, wow, that's all in the Word? You know, God is here. You know, God is, God's omnipresent, so He's everywhere. So he's right, he is near somebody, even if they don't believe he exists, he's still there. They go through their life, well, I don't, I don't believe God, he's right there. I'm here. I'm here. His word's true. Some people are crying out to God, go, God, if you would only do this. And he said, and he's, he's, I've already provided that. That's already done. And so the more we start understanding what he has done, I wish that you may, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Your soul comes up, you start seeing stuff. Now you start, wait a minute, that was there. I can can have that. God wants me to do well. God wants me to be healthy. God wants me to have what I need. Not just so I can just sit in a, house by myself and just oh I have everything no so that we can be a blessing it's just a father's way God has provided everything we need just like an earthly father would that's that's there's nothing hard about that people act like that's some way different way of thinking like well you just believe it's you know people say the prosperity gospel and stuff like it's just being God God that's how he operates It's not, I mean, it's no different than somebody trying to take care of their family. Well, you're a prosperity dad. What, what are you talking about? You, I want to provide for my family? And I want them healthy? That's hypocritical. Well, I don't believe God. I mean, it's, no, it's messed up. Well, You can be a dad that says, oh, it's all about, you know, leave your kids and just go and try to get stuff that's stupid too that's not god you wouldn't tell your kids oh forget about all the real things life just go you know focus on material things that's dumb that's not god though that's not what he said that's not what the word said but saying hey i i I wish that you would prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers that's not that's just saying god's a good god God's a good father. That's what he wants. So, hey, we're under that leadership. Now we can share that if you're always thinking, oh, I don't know, I mean, I serve God, but you never know what he's going to do because he might, you know, he might make it really hard on me just so I learn something. God, that's not God. Would you just replace God with father or mother and that person's in jail? Right? You don't mess with your kids like that. Now, if, you're in, if, you're in the, if they're in the middle of a situation and you're like, look, I want the best for you. I want you to come through this. You didn't do it to them, but you want them to come through and over and you know your will and God's will is for them to be well. See, that's, that's the gospel. That is God. And so he wants us to see everything that he has done. So here it says, "I ask that your minds may be open to see His light, so that you will know what is the hope to which He has called you, how rich are the wonderful blessings He has promised His people. Or as He promises His people. How rich they are. God has to, to see those. They're already there. Let's look at, we looked at this before, let's look at the message. Same. This is a passage. Uh, it's not just verse 18, but it's kind of round there, because the way the message is written, it, it it pulls things together. It says, "I ask, ask the God of our Master Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in to, in knowing Him personally. The I, eye, your eyes focused and clear, see seeing, seeing clearly, which comes from how, and perceiving, so that you can see exactly what He is calling you to do." grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life for he has for his followers. (laughs) Yes, he has a glorious way of life. No, he doesn't get thrilled in seeing people suffer. Now, there is a suffering. That's a different thing. We may get to that. There is a suffering, and it has to do with You laying your life down for Christ. That is not the same as you suffering sickness, you suffering poverty. That's not the same thing. It has to do with you putting your flesh down. And there's a suffering in that. Everybody says, well, that's no suffering. Oh, really? You ever been on a diet? Never been on an exercise program? Ever done something you don't want to do? That's called suffering. (laughs) It's when you have to do something you don't want to do. That's what it is. God's telling you, no, this is my plan. You're like, what? I don't. That's suffering. There is a suffering. But he has a good way of life, and ultimately, it's going to be the best thing. He's not asking you to suffer something that Jesus was, took the curse for. But he has, it says... So that you can see exactly what He is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life He has for His followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of His work in us who trust Him. What's He saying? This is the truth. We want to see it. It's sitting there going, I'm here. And we have to see that that's the case. That's called Renewing our mind, that's called our soul prospering. As our soul prospers and comes up to the point where we see what God's truth already is, now that starts to, to come into our life because we're acting on the truth. If you don't think there's any opportunity for you to do anything in the world, and you think all I can do is just sit here and, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not able to do anything, and I, I, I can't succeed in anything, if that's the mindset, then that will influence how you behave. If you believe that God is behind you, God is for you, God has given us, you know, in this language, what is the immensity of the glorious way of life he has for as far as you say, there's a glorious way of life, like we talked about in the offering, that a life of abundance that you can, that will, that will inform your decisions. You may take risks. That you wouldn't have. You'll say, well, I mean, inform risk. God's believing, or God's leading you a certain way. There's a risk in the natural, but you say, I believe something, so I'm willing to step out because I'm not just stepping out in thin air. I know I have a God that loves me behind me, and I believe he's leading me, and I know he has good things for me. That will inform your behavior, but you have to see something first. Otherwise, you sit in that See, Then you can prosper. Some of you look at it and say, well, how did they get to a certain place? Well, may- they acted a certain way in line with the Word of God if it's a, it's a believer in walking in line with God's Word. I mean, just, just in the natural, people can make decisions because of understanding. We're talking about following God and doing things according to His plan and coming up and prospering in every way, not just in one way at the detriment of another. If you do it man's way, there's going to be a hole in it. You may just not find out the whole till later. But if it's God's way, if you're following Him, you're coming up, your soul's prospering, you're coming up, and oh, there's no payback at the end where it's like, oh, time to pay for all that now. Oh, you know, there goes your marriage. Oh, there goes your health. Oh, because you were following something else. No, God's way, He has a way that we can walk in we got to know it's there, and we have to act on it then, but it starts with understanding. Now let's look back at James 1, verse 19. James 1, 19 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Look at the second part of verse 21. Receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. And right after this, we're not going to read it, but this is where James is saying, be doers of the Word and not hearers only. That's the context. But look what it says here. It says, receive with meekness the implanted Word, the Word of God, which is able to save your souls. Now, a lot of people read that, and they're thinking of being born again. He's talking to Christians. This is a, this is a, a letter written to the church. They're already born again. This is talking about the same thing that we read in Ephesians, same thing we've read in some of our scriptures. This is the Word of God is how you're going to renew your mind. The Word of God is how you're going to save or change your soulish person, your mind, will, and emotions. That's how you're going to renew it. Receive the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. The Word of God is what we're going to use to see clearly, to see what God already has done. It's a process. The saving of the soul is not the same as being born again. Where that happens, that's what 2 Corinthians says. 5.17 is referring to, all things have been made new. But renewing our minds, the saving of the soul, that is over time. It says saving, so people, you know, they they conflate that with, they think save is in being born again. It's not. It's renewing your mind. It is changing your mind over time. That's how we start to walk in more of what he has. Look at um, Romans 12, verse 1. Romans 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You be transformed. See, that's something on the outward, but it's happening by renewing your mind that you may uh, prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed... By the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind with what? With the Word. Receive with meekness the implanted Word, we just read in James, which is able to save your souls. The Word is what's going to change, is what's going to cause our soul to prosper. The more we think like God, the more we understand what He's done, the more we can act on it and it become reality in our lives by changing bits. Anything that contradicts what the Word says, we start replacing it with what God said. What's the first step in that process? Got to know what God said. And when we... Hear something, are we caught, I should say, when we we start to to be conscious of our thoughts, we think of, we, we have a thought in a certain area, understand which it represents our understanding in a certain area, if we'll start saying what does the word say in that area? Compare what we're acting on, what we're thinking, to what God's Word says. That's how we're going to start changing it. We may have gotten that thought when we were growing up. That way of thinking when we were growing up could have been, you know some instructor said something and it stuck with us. Is it line up with the Word of God? Could have been something that's been passed down in our family for hundreds of years. But it could, st- it could be causing us to behave in a certain way and act in a certain way, and all of our family acts in a certain way, and have, but it doesn't line up with the Word of God. How do we... How do we come in line? How how are we going to replace those thoughts? It's going to be with the Word of God. That's how we're going to prosper in that area. Mm -hmm. It may be in a different area we see correctly. We see what we're lined up with the Word of God. But in this other area, that's what everybody's always said. I'm thinking this. We may not even be really conscious of it, but God will reveal that. Something it comes to our mind and we say, wait a minute, this is what God's words, that's why it's so important to expose ourselves to the word of God. That's what we're doing right now. Because, in James talks about in a different place, it's like a mirror. You hold it up and you, you know, you can be going and going and you hold it up and you're like, wait a minute. That's, that's true. Well, then what does that mean for this way of thinking that I've had? That's got to change. Wait a minute, I, I see something I realize that, that's what God has already provided. And I look at, at what I've been saying and doing that's coming from the way I've been thinking about it. Wait a minute, He's actually got an opportunity for me there. I can change to that and I can walk a different way. That's actually what's true. And where I have been bypassing this area and acting like there's nothing for me in this area all of a sudden there's opportunity there have you ever walked into certain maybe it's a decision uh maybe you're talking about a scenario managers maybe you've tried to solve a problem and you're going over it and maybe over time like there's something that you know you got to change and when you come up to it there's certain things that you may consider but you consider it for about half a second because automatically there's a thought that says uh yeah, but we can't do that because of this, and you go on. And then, it, you know, you're, so you stop the problem later, or the challenge, or whatever the politically correct way of saying it is, you know. We we had, in our, in our reviews, you know, over time, you had to call things like, you couldn't say weaknesses anymore, you'd say a gap for people, because, you know, <laughs> well, because, you know, we talk about gaps rather than weaknesses, because, you know, weaknesses is... I don't know, too direct, whatever. <laughs> too, too true. Um, but anyway, so there's you're you're dealing with some challenge at work, and you you know you're going through the possibilities, and you come up again, and there may be something. Yeah, we could do that. Somebody even says, you know, they haven't been. You've been going over it, and every time this one part, you say, uh, this part comes up, you know, fleeting. Well, we could do this, no, we can't do that because you know this person. Now they can't do that because. This person is over here, okay. and you just keep going, and you might just keep going, and you might keep going like that. It could be weeks, and then maybe somebody else gets in the discussion, and you're saying, you know, how should we look at this? And one of the first things they say is, we could do that, and you're like, no, we can't do that, because the... and you just, they're on they're, they're the same track, but you can't do that. Have you ever had it then where you actually revisit it, and wait? And somebody says, well, what, but, but what if, wait, wait, hold on there, why couldn't you do that? And they start going at it from a different way and say, but if we did this and move this over here and this, then we could do that. Wait a minute, you're right. What, what if we did that and that? See, the thing you've been skipping over over and over because you didn't, you didn't see what was behind, you couldn't See, there's any opportunity there. Somebody could bring a different perspective and say, wait a minute, what if this and this happened? Now there's a whole lot of opportunity behind that. Opens up all kinds of possibilities, but you skipped over it over and over. Why? Because of the way you saw it. Because of your thinking. You know, there's things in our life that actually God's perfect will for us is something over here, but when we bump up against that, I think we're like, oh, no, I can't do that. Well, we never did that. My parents didn't do that. That's just the way. No, we do it this way. So it, you could go over it 300 times over time. You know, you, every time this comes up, you, you just say, your automatic reaction is, no, we do this. No, this happens. No, that's the end. God all along could have something else for you. And have something back down this path, but over and over you dismiss it because, or I dismiss it, you know, because our thinking doesn't see that. Doesn't see that that's a possibility for us. Maybe a possibility for somebody else, but for us, that's just, I don't see that. That's not possible. But when we get a hold of what God has said in certain areas, we say, wait a minute, he says this. We can have this, and it can blow the door off that area that we thought we couldn't go through, and all of a sudden we walk through it, and now there's all these other possibilities. Was there all the time. What's the difference? We saw something by God's Word, by His truth. We changed our thinking, which informed what we could do, and we were transformed. Our lives will never be the same. happening that can keep happening as we come up in God we we look at what he said we have put it up against any thought that we have any way of doing things we should be asking ourselves what does God say about it and if the answer is different than what we're doing then we change it now that's a process thank God he doesn't slam you with everything in an hour You couldn't process it. I couldn't process it. But when we go, step by step, He'll show you this. Now we have an opportunity. We can walk in it. We can act on it. We can change. And as our soul prospers, as it comes up, other things start coming up. Our life changes. We can be transformed. We can be changed. We can walk more like Him. Amen?